What are the answers to some of life's most important questions? Actually, you can't avoid answering these questions because you already do. It happens simply by how you have chosen to structure your priorities, spend your money, and use your time. Tune in as we interview pastors and leaders throughout the valley discussing the must-answer questions on The Form Show. Welcome to The Form Show. Mark Lucas here, Faith Talk 1360. What an amazing joy and privilege it is week in and week out to be able to do life with you, to be able to connect during these moments that we get, to be able to have these conversations. My heart and desire, my prayer is that these conversations would truly be catalytic for us to be able to experience exactly who God wants us to be. This conversation today is a conversation that is so near and dear my heart. It's a conversation around identity. So often in my life, so often I believe also in your life, if you stop and think for a minute, we truly are every day in certain degrees in certain ways, we're trying to figure out our identity. And a lot of times it's our identity is performance-based. It's based on accolades, things that we do, things that we achieve. Maybe you have some plaques and medals from awards you've been given in the business sector. Or we place our identity as well maybe on what your business card says. What's your vocation? What do you do? There's some of us that place a lot of our stock and our identity in, yeah, I'm a dad. I'm a mom. Yeah, I'm a husband. I'm a wife. These are all great things, and God has given us specific roles and responsibilities for us to be entrusted with, to be able to be who we're called to be in those specific functions in who we are. But that's not our complete identity. Our identity is found in Jesus. And this conversation today is all about that. It's navigating these waters. It's having this conversation to help you and to help myself be able to gain more clarity in that, to be able to talk practically about how every day we can truly have better, clearer, cultivated understanding of our identity in Christ. And I have the perfect guest to have this conversation. Martha's in studio with me today, and uh, we just met recently. I'm excited for you guys to get to know her a little bit. Uh, Martha Irvine, she is born into this beautiful musical family, uh, has this deep passion and desire to sing. For as long as she can remember, she's been singing. This love grew into a passion for worshiping through song when she met Jesus. She loves nothing more than to lead others into his presence, write music that reminds us of his faithfulness, and teach others how to sing for him. She's led worship for various churches and retreats for the past 20 years and is currently the worship leader at Pinnacle Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. Her latest, I love this, musical project, Anxious for Nothing, is an EP of trust songs that invite the listener to lean into the arms of our strong God and lay aside worry and fear. During the week, Martha runs a private voice studio and teaches voice at Arizona Christian University. Martha, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. 
it's exciting to have you here, and I'm just excited for the listeners to really hear from your heart, from your story, from your testimony about this conversation in identity. So really, let's just kind of jump into it, and why don't you just share a little bit about your journey, a little bit about your story, and then we'll just kind of go from there, okay? Yeah, my my journey with identity starts way back because I started singing since I was very young. Um, I have silly stories, I think, as any parent does. They like to tell of standing up in church and singing a first solo at two that was supposed to be a duet, but I took the mic and took it over. I just loved to sing from the very early stages of life, and It's interesting because I was thinking back as we've had this conversation, even through elementary school and junior high, I really hated speaking in front of people, which is funny to be sitting here with you. But (laughs) um, but I if I found a song that spoke and said things I needed to say, I could sing um, in front of anyone. And so that love started very early on of singing and music. And um, I would just sing for anything, school assemblies and church services and retreats and mission trips and God just, um, I met the Lord when I was very young, and God just started using music as a way to express my love and my heart for Him. Um, I actually fell in love with it so much that I decided, you know, I should study this in school. I really had no background as far as like reading music and how that would look, but I just, I knew that was what kind of defined what my life would be. Um, so I, I started college at U of A, actually, down mm. in Tucson, and started studying voice and singing. And um, I very quickly started to just realize this is my passion, my identity. This is the thing people know me for. This is the thing that um, I get praise for. And so I I just surrounded myself. My life was wrapped in that idea of um, my singing voice was very valuable. What I had to offer others was wrapped in that. Um, I actually transferred schools up here to Southwestern College, which is now Arizona Christian University. We're and both alumni, yeah. which I love. That was a good connection. Shout out, yeah. And now I'm, you know, fast forward, I'm teaching there, which yeah. is really crazy. I God has that. cool, cool ways of combining stories. But while I was there during my sophomore year of college, I I ran into a roadblock. I I ended up with a vocal injury actually, um, that caused me to really start to think about like, can I keep doing this? Um, I ended up with nodules and some other challenges on my vocal folds, which as a singer, anyone that speaks, you know, that could be kind of devastating. Um, like an athlete that gets a sprained ankle after they've been training forever and they're getting their coach to put them in and all of a sudden they're out. Um, and especially in that season of my my college years, I think everyone around me knew me so much for what I did that when that was taken away, I was, I was asked to take time off. Um, I was, let's just describe this for a minute. I was singing in like three choirs. I was leading worship at my church. I was a bank teller, so I was talking all day long. Mm. Um, I was singing for another youth thing at school. And all of a sudden, I was the page turner in the choir, sitting on the sidelines. I was sitting in the congregation at church. Any spotlight, any any moment of singing up in front, um, I just had to step back. And at that time, I'm so grateful. I had a teacher in my life that knew how I was wired, that my doing was outweighing my being. Mm. And she said, you need to take a month off. You need to stop literally singing or talking. Um, I went to the extreme of 
just taking a break. I wrote things down. We didn't have smartphones back then. <laughs> I had to write. I went You're to the not dollar. That old. <laughs> I went to the dollar store actually. Well, we didn't text that way, and I right. I would get those pads and write it out and then erase it by lifting up. Yeah, you know what I'm talking exactly. about? I think it was like My Little Pony, and here I am, a college student, writing this stuff out. <laughs> I guess it's better than Etch-a-Sketch. Oh, oh, way better. At least it was a little faster, Will right? Will Ferrell and Elf writing notes <laughs> on his Etch-a-Sketch. Not that skilled. Not, not no, that I skilled. I don't know who is. But I, I just, I had to be quiet. Here's someone that's an extrovert up in front of people singing, talking all the time. And God said, be still. I'm going to say something real quick because this is really, I think, as you've shared over the phone now and now you're sharing in the radio yeah. booth with me, you've shared your story Listeners, make sure that you hear this because I think for me, what I've been so reminded of as you share your story with us, Martha, so often, and you just said this, so often we let our identity become what we're doing. And God's never created us to be human doings. Yes. We're human beings. Absolutely. And that's really what you were kind of forced into because of the vocal injury. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we don't want anybody to have to go through an injury to experience this. But every day on some level and every season of our life, I think we've really got to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, are we only celebrating the things that we're doing? Yeah. And is that becoming what we post on social media about? Or we share, I won this award. Or my kids are perfect with straight-A students and they're all-star soccer players. And again, I do some of that. I posted last night my son walking into his hockey practice on my social media feed. But I think so often we can kind of fall into this performance trap. Absolutely. Where everything that we post, everything that we talk about, and a lot of times even as we look in the mirror, we kind of just celebrate the things that we're doing and not – I've even asked my wife and I to say, let us celebrate more the character pieces in our kids Mm -hmm. and let us applaud those things and celebrate those things when they have a moment where they're respectful or they have a moment where they're kind. Yeah. Let us celebrate that because that's more the ethos of who we are and understanding the deep fruit of the spirit and the character that God's given us versus my son making the hockey team which is the easy thing to celebrate. So continue, but I love, and I want the listeners right now, this is an important part of this conversation. You really need to evaluate and ask yourself, are we celebrating more the things we do or are we celebrating the acts of righteousness, the acts of our character, the things that we're trying to cultivate inside of us, the fruit of the Spirit? Those are the things that we should be cultivating. When I get ready every morning and I put my shoes on in the same chair and I look up at a sign that I have in my bedroom, it's 1 Corinthians 13, and it's the love chapter. And I ask myself, God, are there things in this list that you've given me, areas that I need to grow in, and then areas that I need to really detract from and decrease in? So patience is always one that I'm struggling in. So I'll actually spend some time in saying, God, help me celebrate moments today where I'm more patient. Those are the things that I want us as the beautiful Faith Talk family to be able to celebrate. So continue, but I love when you said that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I just think all that you said is so good too, Mark. Just the internal value that we have and knowing that that's worth so much. 
um, that God's created us as as such valuable children of God, and that identity is rooted deep. And oftentimes we get so distracted by all that's happening around us. And that was really a, a turning point in my in my life, just needing to stop and be quiet and be still. I just remember God speaking over my heart. First of all, that was so hard to do, to not talk mm-hmm. and sing. But um, God really used it to say, you know, Martha, with, without this, can you love me? Can you praise me? You know, I think we, we're facing a lot of this in our life right now. Changes come. Life happens. All the things go through life. Loss happens in life. And I think God comes to this point when we're silent, when we're still. He says, are you still, are you enough? Mm-hmm. And I think those are the questions that rose up in me. Am I enough? Am I adequate? Am I valuable without this external doing thing? And God just spoke over my heart, yes, yes, yes. And so I, I know for me that's been an ongoing journey of, of realizing my internal value and embracing that more. And this was one chunk of my life that so clearly stands out, but I think I face this so often over and over. God reminds us in new ways new things. I think if we have our eyes open, he keeps us on a journey to keep us close to him, right? Mm -hmm. This world's so full of so much shiny stuff that says, pay attention. You have to be this. You have to be more. But our identity says that God is enough. I love 2 Corinthians 3, 5 says, our adequacy comes from God. It doesn't come from me. I'm not enough. My performance is going to fall short, but he is able. I love also the passage that says that also Second Corinthians 12, that his grace is sufficient and his power is perfected in weakness, that even in our weakness, even in our strugglings, God, actually Christ, the power of Christ shines out through us. Mm, and so yeah. God really sh- started showing me that, these deep identity things. And, you know, they didn't happen right away. I had to start actually putting into practice learning who I was. I don't think I really knew it. Mm-hmm. Um and it was cool. I actually, I had to relearn how to speak correctly. I had to go through therapy. And I think that was an external thing that was happening. You know, I'm going to use my voice correctly and all that. But internally, God was saying, Martha, you need to know more of who you are in me. Mm-hmm. And I remember I actually bought this string of this, like, I don't know, ball of string from Michael's. Yeah. Went to the craft store and I tied it around my wrist. I had enough that I could change it out. And every day I would put this tie the string around my wrist. So when I went to school, it would remind me because I saw my hand all the time. Okay, take a deep breath. You are enough. Your voice is going to be okay. Actually, God, you're using this in bigger ways. I am a child of God. I am worth more than this. And my voice doesn't define me. I can praise him even if it doesn't come back the way it, it should. The cool thing about this story is that my voice is back to where it should be. It is something that God healed and restored. And now I, I never realized then, but God took it and enabled me to teach and share these things with others. I never would have saw that path coming. But in that moment, I had to start believing the truth about who I was. So I'm a big reminders person. Um, I wore the string around my wrist. I put sticky notes everywhere. I I went to Ephesians 1 
And you and I talked about this the other day, actually. I started circling all the in hymns and in Christ mm. in Ephesians 1, and I wrote them on sticky notes. I put them on my mirror. I put them in my car. I, I tease people I need sticky notes on my forehead <laughs> because that way, at least if I'm looking in the mirror more, I see that, right? And I responded to that. Those were practical things. I, I needed to stay rooted in the truth, and I realized I didn't know the truth. Right. Um, and. I love that. When we don't know, guess what? God uses opportunities to say, let me show you. Let me tell you the mm-hmm. truth. And I think if we let that sink deep, oh, man, it's so rich. God just started renewing my heart. Mm. So good. I love that. I actually just pulled up in front of me Ephesians 1, and it, you're right. It's oh. such a powerful passage. And I know I was telling you this over the phone. I've walked my my kids and, and my family through this passage to really think about those beautiful words that the Lord gives us that are the embodiment of who we are and how he mm-hmm. sees us as loved, as adopted, yes. as forgiven and redeemed. And all those words, when we really meditate and let our minds be kind of marinating in the truth mm-hmm. and the promises of what God sees in us, it, it transcends and changes all of our behavior, our thoughts, who we are, and the very ethos of how we kind of go about our day and our posture. Tell me, because I'm also a very visual guy with reminders, what was the symbolism in the the yarn on your wrist? You know, I just knew I needed something I was going to look at every single day. And, you know, I would encourage people now, I work with my students all the time, and mm-hmm. sometimes when we're learning something new or being reminded of these truths— They'll, they'll put an X on their hand or they'll set a reminder in their phone to go off at a certain time of day. And it'll just say, I am a child of God. I am loved by the king. My value is not in what I do. It's in who I am. So putting those reminders in there, we have so many options for that now with even social media reminders. I'll post something like a scripture or a, a truth and a year later that'll pop back up. I think just being aware of God speaking to us throughout the day is so key. So the yarn around my wrist was literally just, I'm going to look at my hand all day. I I talk with my hands. (laughs) I was playing piano a lot. I was practicing. And so anytime I saw it, it was a chance to just step back. You know, what happens often when we have an identity crisis, a little bit of a tension between what we do and who we are, I think we start, there's two things. We can either fall into the art of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. We start trying to be perfect and and one-up it. I'm going to do better. You know, I I got injured. I have an injury, so therefore I have to do better. Mm -hmm. Or we can start embracing our true identity and walking in freedom. And I think that was a big part of even my practice as an artist was, oh, I need to start realizing that I'm never going to be perfect. I can keep getting better. Um, but I need to start really embracing my true identity so I don't get stuck in do, 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 you know, work harder, work harder. Those are good things, and I think God honors our, our work, obviously. But when it's out of an effort to please people or gain identity, I feel like we're always going to struggle. But when it's for an audience of one, when it's for the Lord, we're doing for him mm-hmm. and with him mm-hmm. and we're doing with others and in a way that's honoring to him, yeah. our, our souls can rest. We don't have to strive so hard. Yeah, there's so much in wisdom in that. Yeah. You said this, our weakness drives us to depend on him more. 
He is calling us to create for him and not give up, even if it's challenging. I love that you said that. You also said something over the phone that I wanted to spend a little bit of time on right now because it really, again, resonated deeply with me, Dan. And I just, oh, Martha, I so appreciate it. It was this, knowing who you are and embrace what makes you unique. Yes. And I thought to myself, there's so much in that sentence. First off, or two sentences, actually. Here I am, Mr. Grammar Guy. (laughs) Knowing who you are, embrace what makes you unique. And I thought to myself, you know what? I even, and again, I kind of think back to my son, but... My son is in second grade, and and kind of the long story super short is this. From a very early age in education, they're teaching him. So the teacher will say, today we're going to color an elephant. And they'll even say, instruction-wise, make sure you use these colors. And they'll give you a gray, maybe some shades of brown. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, and color in the lines. Make sure you stay in the lines. And obviously that sounds very innocent, but at the end of the day, I always think to myself, so often kind of the culture and the world is pushing us into these boxes and not allowing us to really experience and see this beautiful uniqueness that God has created us with all individual and very different fingerprints, Mm -hmm. all individual and very different gifts and talents and things that were wired differently. You and I have very different wirings, Mm -hmm. and that's a beautiful thing. And especially as we serve together and really are united as one body, as believers serving in the church, beautiful things happen. Because as the Bible would say, an ear needs a foot. Yeah. And needs a hand. If we were all like me, mouse, yeah. or you're, maybe you're more of a mouth as well, then we would all just be talking and singing all the time. Right. Nobody would hear. Nobody would have the hands, have the empathy of the shoulders. So we're all uniquely designed and created to work together. So just share a little bit about that because I thought to myself, you know what? I probably even need to tell my son, hey, son, it's okay. If you want a purple elephant, yes, draw a purple elephant. Yeah. And if you want to make him a little bit out of the lines and kind of make it your pattern, great, do that. Yeah. Because I don't want you to feel like you have to be conformed inside of this box too much. God has created us so uniquely, beautifully different, but he's created us different. So share a little bit about that because it yeah. really, really resonated and touched me quite a bit, Martha. I, I really think that that pours out of, you know, we talked about Ephesians 1, our identity in Christ, and then that discovery like you're talking about of, Okay, I know my identity in Christ now. Who am I that yeah. God's made me? He's we're fearfully and wonderfully made. He's made us amazing masterpieces, and um, that's been quite the journey. Just in in teaching students, reminding myself, what are the things that make me unique? Um, I think actually some of the stuff that got me into trouble vocally was not only how much I did, but how much I was trying to fit into a mold um, instead of just being freed up to be who I am. And so that led to a lot of that striving. And so I think understanding our uniqueness is so key and looking for the things that are different and celebrating those. Um, I think I've learned that more as a teacher because I see that in my students so well. Mm. And sometimes we have trouble seeing that in ourselves. And um, so I would encourage, you know, those listening, if you have people around you, you know, ask them, people you trust, ask them, how do you think I'm unique? How do you think I'm different? And what's good about that? Like, I think we we often are looking to fit into 
the sameness. Our world, our culture, our media all shows us this is what it looks like to be accepted. Um, But when we back up, I started to realize in my own singing voice and everything that I I can sing, but actually a lot of singers are not necessarily teachers. A lot of teachers are not necessarily great performers. A lot of performers are not. This isn't always that case, but you start to realize, wow, God, you've given me many gifts and not everyone has that. I need to celebrate like you've made me a great teacher and I love doing that. I have a passion for it. Um, And so learning those things helped me to realize I didn't need to keep shoving myself into this performer box like oh I've got to look like this and I have to have this career and these things need to look like that you know God helps us remember no no that might look like someone else's story your story is over here and it's not less than it's actually so valuable and so beautiful if everything looked the same our world would be so boring Mm -hmm. but because God has made and created the diversity of beauty around us Mm -hmm. in creation and also in people we can stop to think, okay, God, you've made us beautiful. You've made me unique. So I just think that's cool. It's fantastic. Way. Martha, thank you so much for being my guest in the yeah, film show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed this. I'm going to end with something you said. Our path to learning, creating, and growing is unique and different is so good. Mm-hmm. Embrace the journey God has you on. Don't compare. God has made you beautiful. He's made you perfect. Uniquely you. Embrace that. Thank you so much for tuning into the Form Show today, a show that is designed and created to help you experience beautiful growth and beautiful abundant life, the life that Jesus wants for us. You can reach me at marklucasradio.com. Mark, I'm not French, but it is a C, lucasradio.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a blessed day. Take care.